Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Glee, aggressive. Glee, glee, aggressive. Glee, aggressive. Glee, aggressive. Glee, aggressive. Glee, aggressive. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Glee. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky, and that delightful laugh you're hearing is none other than our special guest today, um, a dear friend of mine and of yours, especially if you have caught her on our first. podcasting conquest which was podcasts <laughs> the, the podcast about cats the musical not the animal um she is an actor singer dancer jack of literally all the trades and one of my favorite people uh, it's teresa motherfucking burns everybody Hello, welcome to the show everybody <laughs> yeah if you recognize teresa from our first podcast then you're a true fan <laughs> shout out Truly. to shout out to podcasts yeah um so teresa yes have you ever seen Glee before this? Yes, I used okay. to watch it when it originally aired. Nice. Um, I think I only got through maybe the first two or three seasons. I yeah. don't really okay. remember why I stopped. I think it might have been as simple as like I moved out of where I was living and like didn't own a TV or a Hulu yeah. um, account anymore. And so I just kind of stopped watching a lot of TV. But um when I stopped watching, they were definitely all still in high school. Okay. Nobody had graduated. Yeah. So when I started watching this episode, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> all right. This will be fun. <laughs> Surprise, New York City. Yeah. I was yeah. straight yeah. out the gate. I was like, who are these people? Who are they? <laughs> yeah. Ian's basically still asking himself that question. Um, oh, yeah. Well, good. So, yeah, you had a pretty typical experience. I feel like the average experience for a Glee watcher back then was getting through two or three seasons and then being like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> and then some people were like, I'm going to keep going. And that's how you ended up with a weird viewership of season four, which is where we're currently talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. So you were joining us for season four, episode four, uh, an iconic episode, frankly, uh, entitled <laughs> The Breakup. Uh, this originally aired October 4th, 2012. Oof. I was like, breakup singular um this is a misnomer that was a lot of breakups this is yes this is like the shake em up episode right like this is when the writers were like new season we've got you know grown-up glee we are going to just everything you thought you knew we're ripping it apart mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. new year yeah. new us <laughs> Um, but real quick, before we get onto the episode proper, uh, so Karina, I told you that I found some things recently. Yes, so ominous. And now I didn't find the poster from the Glee preview premiere thing that I went to back in 2009. But I found this, like, <gasps> postcard Whoa. thing. Um, that says Glee soundtrack. Sharpied out? Sharpied out because it says Glee soundtrack album in stores November 2009. And the sharpied out part is singles available now at iTunes. So something happened there. I guess singles were not available now on iTunes. <laughs> right. And they were And uh, the back is just <gasps> Sue, Sue and... Sylvester and wow. Sue and Shu. Um, wow. So I found that. And then as it was in this time, because Hot Topic was, and I believe still is the rage, it mm. was a 
uh, Leah Michelle as Rachel Berry, little like button. Ian, I would pay you a hundred dollars to put that like on the coat you wear every day and wear it out in the streets of New York. Uh, Here's the thing though, with the like Leah Michelle Assange, it wouldn't be the most ridiculous thing. It would be you really are like wearing your badge of honor for a very specific brand though, if you were walking yes. around with your two thousand nine Rachel Berry pin. Yeah, it would yep. send a very clear message. Some of those, and to some people that message would be great, and to some people that message would not be. (laughs) Yeah, you would really be branding yourself. Um, Oh, also in Glee News, uh, the documentary trailer has come out, and people are not happy. People are not happy. Um, Again, this is the documentary that Karina and I were asked to be a part of that we forgot about. Well, apparently Um, it wouldn't have mattered because we've heard through the grapevine that other podcasts that were interviewed for it have been cut out. So, yeah, we didn't miss. Haha, ha. documentary makers, we got one over on you. Yeah. Yeah, they're just doing the same thing that like everyone wants to do, which is like, let's talk about all the fucked up things that happened with the Glee cast. Whew. And that's not what we're here to do. Right. Also, we're Ian, you, unlo- you unlocked a memory when you held up that postcard and talked about the soundtrack. I suddenly remembered that for like two Christmases in a row, I was given like the season soundtrack of glee amazing that was the gift i was given oh. and look kiss. the those vocalists like oh my god like i yeah. recent i remember thinking wow like i mean all like plot related things aside i'm like these arrangements and these vocals are glorious yeah the talent is 100 percent there and like even today um Amber Riley was recently a guest on Jennifer Hudson's show, and they both just sang, and I'm telling you, I'm not going. What? Just, like, truly, like, two girlfriends, like, singing carpool karaoke, but not James Corden obnoxious. Amber and it was Riley awesome. just won The Masked Singer this season. Um, yeah. Surprising no one, because, like, literally everyone who heard her sing on that was like, oh, so you all have Amber Riley. Huh? Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's not going to, def- she did not disguise her voice. Um, yeah, no, they're good. Not across the board all the way, but, like, there's some real talent there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. Like, I guess we can talk about our, our episode now. Yeah. Yay, Season Glee. four, episode four, The Breakup. Um, we this... open on, there is no Glee cap today, no. but we open on the cafeteria with um, shots of just people walking through. Someone slaps someone else's butt. That doesn't pay off in any way. No, that's, um, just, that's just flavor to show. It takes place in a high school. You know, yes. that's what high schoolers do. Mm. You yep. got my, Marnie, Marnie hiding her mm-hmm. lunch tickets, which nope. it is not Marnie. Jake Puckerman sees. You um, absolutely have the wrong name. Marley. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, Marley, hat girl. Um, Super girl. Yes. She hides her lunch tickets. Jake Puckerman also sees. Um, oh, and by the way, he dances too now. This is new information. Okay. So first of all. First of all, school, why are you going to make your free lunch pick- tickets bright red like that? Like, right. they really did them a dirty. So, yeah, they're just yeah. sitting here commiserating on being the poors, um, which is the thing we're really tackling this season is how dare you be poor. Um, something. <laughs> yeah. Now, I couldn't place why, but something about the, like, Jake being like, my mom works to save money for my dance lessons and Marley being like, you dance? That felt like it was from something. It felt very chorus line to me, which I don't think is the right way to, like, frame that. But that was, that's, that's the vibes I was getting. 
Yeah, I was. I'm first of all, I'm grateful for you uh, to share their names because I had no idea who they were. I'm like, they don't introduce themselves. No. I'm like, okay, these are humans. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And I like had no concept of whether they were like staple characters or just like randos for the opening of the show to like set up something in the plot later. But then they circled back around, and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess these people like exist. But yeah, thanks for sharing their names because I had no idea. Yeah, we got M- Marley. Yep. And and Jake Puckerman, who, uh, if you remember Noah Puckerman, the guy with the mohawk, that's it turns out that's his uh, half brother. Surprise half brother. Great, cool, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and then on the other side, we have Britt and Blaine being sentimental. Um, also, is this a new cafeteria? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It looks new to me. I was like, I did not recognize this space. Either that right. or this school has five cafeterias, one of which is outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we cut to what I can only describe as Rachel's loft. Um, okay. Curtain Rachel's loft. Which is Teresa. too big. It's too big. Okay. It is. Teresa, if you oh. had to guess, where do you think this thing. loft also, is he, And also, sorry to cut you off, Karina. Yes. It's just uh, important that I mention, Teresa's from Brooklyn. I am from yes. Brooklyn. Born, raised. Go on. Where yeah. would you place this loft in, in Brooklyn? So, okay, so she sees, you can, she, uh, Rachel says, okay, you can kind of see Manhattan. So, like, that feels very, like, L-Train, like, something off the L-Train, like, straight mm-hmm. across. Um, yeah, because there's no way every day Rachel's taking, like, the N or the D all the way down to the tip of Manhattan and then into Brooklyn. So I'm guessing something off the L-Line where, like, the hipsters are, um, that's the vibe I'm getting. And it's too big. It's too big. It's way so, too big. This loft is supposedly in Bushwick. Okay. Okay. And they are apparently paying 1800 a month to, uh, to live there. And what year is this? 2012. 2012. I mean, I what? mean. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean. It's not out of the question. It's, yeah, it's not entirely unreasonable. Is Kurt's statement that he's going to leave and go watch drug deals happen um, for entertainment accurate as to what is happening in the Bushwick neighborhood at the time? Yeah, I, when I think is of, it dangerous there then? Um, no, dangerous. it was very <laughs> hipstery and transplanty and lots of like people who are yuppies who say they're not yuppies because they're artistic. Like it's that's the vibe of the neighborhood at yeah. that point in time. Like if this was the early '90s, maybe, but yeah. Also, the reveal that they don't have bedroom walls. They seem to have just hung up some pipe and sheeting to make bedrooms. Uh, they okay. have a sort of kitchen, which we see for the first time here. And then they've made their own bedrooms, which seems like a terrible long-term solution yeah, to live which, with a roommate. Also, that's why Rachel moved out of her dorm. I know, because she had no separation from her roommate who was boning all the time. Well, that was my other question. I was like, why is she voluntarily commuting? Because I, so I went to NYU and I commuted from Brooklyn for my first two years and it was extremely difficult. Like you're in, you're in class all day and then you're in rehearsal. So like cut to 18 year old me commuting back into deep Brooklyn at like midnight every day just to get back on the train at seven o'clock the next morning. And it was extremely, extremely difficult to commute to college within the boroughs. Um, 
or school, whatever kind of school she's in right now. Yeah. So yeah, so, so commuting was so hard that when I had the opportunity to become an RA and get like a free dorm essentially for the year, I jumped at it. There was no, there was no way I would voluntarily commute to a musical theater program every day. There was just, I was like, what, why isn't she in a dorm? So I'm glad you answered that because that was one of my first questions. Yeah, she voluntarily moved out of her dorm because her roommate was having sex every day. Theater major things. Rachel. <sighs> anyway. And she wanted um, to be cool and hip and live in her fun loft with her, her best gay friend. How are they affording that place? Presumably parental uh, yeah, supplementation. Yeah, like, their parents have some... Yeah. yeah. Affluent enough. Oh yeah, Rachel's got those two dads. Uh-huh. And Kurt Jeff is Goldblum interning and, it into, what's his name? Oh, God, who is? Oh, Jeff Goldblum and Brian Stokes Mitchell are. Thank you. Oh, right, right, right. And, but, yeah, um, Kurt has a job-ish, I guess. We don't know if he's getting paid to intern at Vogue, but. Literally, my next question down was, what is Kurt's job? <laughs> what is he doing? What's this job? He's Vogue intern for Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh. We do not see in this episode, regrettably. Which is a bummer, because she's delightful in this. So he doesn't um, go to, like, think theater school? Kurt was working at the Lima Bean. He was working at a coffee shop over the summer. So he probably had, like, some money saved up, plus parental assistance, like... Because if I'm remembering correctly, like, money was a little tight for Kurt's parents, at least, right? Like, it was a little tight. Um, clear a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, because I remember there was, like... In the episodes I watched, at some point they had to like not go on vacation and like dip into retirement accounts to send him to a different school. Yes. Um, and yes. so the impression I always got was like they weren't living paycheck to paycheck, but they definitely didn't have like a lot of disposable income. Yes. Um, they they decided not to go on their honeymoon to send Bert uh, to send Kurt to private school because he was getting bullied. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so but there's been no further discussion of money problems. Yeah, yeah. And the reason I ask is because like a common thing to happen when people move to New York is like they'll come with their money from their local coffee shop and then it's gone in like two weeks because yeah. coffee shop money in Ohio is not New York money. Like, it's no. just not. Um, so, yeah, it was very, I was interested in, is he getting paid? What is, or is this an unpaid internship? Yeah. And he didn't go to theater school. He didn't continue to pursue he, theater. Well, he tried to get into theater school, and he was rejected. Got it. So he tried to go into the same, because there's only one school you're allowed to apply to at a time. And in now, Teresa, this, this school is not... NYU, but it is the New York Academy of Dramatic Arts, I believe, or NIAD, yep. which is gross. But if, with that information, what comes to mind? What, like, what Amber. real life pair? Yes, exactly. Okay, great. Amber. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's it. Mm -hmm. Moving on. <laughs> Do you want to something terrible? My autocorrect has started recognizing NIADA as a word. Oh, God. Same. Oh, God. Literally, I wrote down, is this AMDA? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, but we're in, uh, the loft, um, Finn is back, we know this from the rest, from the bitter end of the last episode, Finn is back, um, they didn't have any sort of fun, sexy, or romantic night, they just kind of laid there, um, all of us, I hated that so much, the idea that they just laid there up well into the night, not talking, 
awful. And also, why did Finn call Kurt little brother? They're the same age. So that's what I was wondering too. I was like, is he just referring to his size? That Kurt is technically smaller than Finn? That's all it could be from I mean, where I'm sitting. Kurt could be younger, just not by a lot. But they graduated the same year. Yeah, it'd be, it's very condescending for him to call him little brother. Yeah. Yeah, at that point, I'm just like, are you referencing that he's shorter than you? Like, is That's that what what's I happening? Assume, yeah. yeah. Which, like, is just as rude. Also, Kurt offers Rachel a croque madame as <laughs> her, his casual breakfast that he's making, which, no, he is not. A no, he's not. takes so much work. And then he's like, I'll just take this to go. No, you will not, sir. That is the sandwich with a runny egg on top. <laughs> You're not going to eat that on the street. Yeah, to watch drug deals unfold. Like, you know the drug deals he's referencing are just, like, to, like a person selling an edible to another person. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all that's happening. Like, a little bit of weed is changing hands. Like, if you can see it, it's not that deep. <laughs> So, yeah, we learn now that um, Finn dropped out of the army after 16 days because he accidentally shot himself. Um, so he there got was, a semi... There was so much here. So much here. So much here. This episode has just beats where it's just all of the information in 20 seconds or less. First of all, Rachel is like, okay, I can't take it anymore. Why are you here? Why are you not in uniform? One right. of those questions is reasonable to ask. Why is he here? Why yes. is he not in uniform? I'm pretty sure the people in the army are allowed to wear other clothes. <laughs> like, I don't know for sure, but it's perfectly <laughs> reasonable that he could still be in the army and, like, wear not other clothes. travel in uniform. Um, second of all, Finn reveals that the army makes you name your gun, and so he named his gun Rachel, and, and then shot himself in the thigh with it while cleaning it. I had so many follow-up questions. <laughs> It's so many. I was like, he's in the army? What? How? Yeah. What? Um, up to this point, we weren't exactly sure if they were still together after the, se- the season three finale. That was kind of left unclear. Which was like um, a, quite, a big part of this episode, I would, like, was their sort yes. of ambiguity and how each of them reacted to that. Because yes. then, yeah, he fully just ghosted Rachel for two months. Ew. I thought it was four. Yeah, two to four months. I guess over the summer and whatever month it is now, which is presumably well, October. October, so. yeah. So, like, he backpacked around Georgia for a bit. Okay. Um, and now he's sad. Um, but buck up, Finn. You're here with me now. Apply to Niata. Sit in on the classes. Which in I was like, world? no. Nobody's, like, you can't bring guests to say, class. You can't do that, right? <laughs> yeah, no. No, you sure cannot. And... Teresa, you haven't met the Kate Hudson character yet, who is basically, like, the stereotypical former, um, like, like, cartoonishly so, former chorus girl turned dance teacher, but is just really a bully. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. And, like, there's no way Cassandra July would allow Finn to go within 20 feet of that classroom, because she would oh immediately eviscerate him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Woof. Just, <sighs> no. Man, I kind of and... wish we had been able to get Kate Hudson for this episode, just to see her, like... Bully the shit out of Finn for them. Oh, man. Yeah. This is a complete 180, I thought. Like, it was two weeks ago that, like, Rachel hated it here. Now she's all about it. She's all about New York. The new Rachel. The new, like, Finn being back. And now she's, like, suddenly a complete person again. Mm. Yeah, well, she got her New York makeover, and now everything changed. Right, she got bangs. (laughs) Yeah, she got bangs, and now she's fine. Okay. (laughs) That's how that works, right? (laughs) Yeah. 
You kept bangs in your heels. Said, all you need to do to fix your entire life is to get a new haircut. Yeah, correct. Correct. That is what the law is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cut to welcome back Santana. Santana yes. is there. Um, to Best answer, bit. like, all of your questions, yes. uh, I was like, Teresa. oh, Naya Rivera. Oh. And, like, she, she is kind of the voice of the audience here calling out, like, that Kurt just kind of waltzed into Vogue, got a job. Um, got it. Got a job. How weird is that? His jodhpurs matched his riding crop, like beautiful. Just yeah. <laughs> Great A Santana drag. She says what we were all thinking. Yeah. Yeah, and like we get a little bit of like information here. She likes being in college. She likes being a cheerleader, but like she forces herself to come home and do laundry so she can see Brittany, which is yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Um. But this is also where we learn that Britney's gone some sort of what would be now probably an alt-right pop pipeline. Mm-hmm. Um, bit of a cult. Bit of a cult. She's yeah. left behind club, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she's in this club with um, Kitty, Joe, Sam, and Dottie, who we learn is Tina's assistant. Tina's assistant, yep. This is new She news. does say, like... She does say, like, yeah, you guys graduated and things got weird, which is, like, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. That was when it started to feel like the glee I was familiar with again, because this mm-hmm. first, the whole beginning section, I was like, is this the same TV show? Like, the tone is so different than what I remember it being. But then, like, when Santana and Britt were back on the screen, I was like, oh, this feels... Like, the wittiness of it, like, Mm -hmm. the wittiness of the insults. I'm like, that sounds right. Okay, this I'm familiar with. You did end up with, like, a sort of serious Glee episode, like, in, like, capital letters. This is a, this is a one where they are, it's a serious episode. Mm. Serious, real things happen. Uh Uh-huh. And I, I think those are some great points because throughout this episode, like, there were a lot of things that did work, and I think it was because it did harken back to series one, or season one and two of Glee, Uh where... When they were serious, they knew how to be serious, and they knew how to play those moments, and yeah. all of that came together. It was just surrounded by a lot of what-the-fuckery. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. in this next scene, LOL, Kurt didn't call, like, why did Kurt call him while he was on the clock, why? on the other, on the phone? Why? So, I don't remember totally watching this when I was younger, but trying to watch this part of the claim of it all hits so much worse as an adult. I'm like, Blaine, he is at his job. I'm yeah. so sorry. You can't expect him to, like, be able to talk to you whenever you call. He is on the clock. It's just, he, there's this, this is not how adults have relationships, which makes sense because they're teenagers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. it is, it is, the Kurt and Blaine arc relationship here is the most, like, teenage drama that we get. It is the least adult of right. all three of these, like, major relationship changes we get. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, when the song starts, I almost, I was like, oh, I forgot, right? There's songs on Glee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a good, a good like, 10, 15 minutes in again. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, and, of course, like, this little beat is to set up, like, some context. Like, Blaine's coming to New York in a couple weeks, um, and he misses him a lot. But no time to delve into that now, because Joan Didion is calling. Okay. Um, yeah, she well, has this all the is, gossip. like continuing on from the previous week where Blaine is like I changed my whole life for Kurt and now Kurt isn't here and I'm really lost without my relationship so they are like mm. they have been setting that up for the, uh, the season and really followed through with it today. right and 
we do launch into like Rachel's in an acting class. First class we see of hers that isn't Cassandra July's Dance 101. But it is the same classroom. <laughs> yes. They only have one classroom set for all of Niata, and it's this ballet studio, and that's it. See, that feels real. That feels yeah. real to me. <laughs> in New York, Absolutely. every space is every space. <laughs> like even in New, even in New Paltz, we had like three, four studios, and those were that's where just where you lived for four years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and here's a little bit of a meta thing. We our first song, as Therese was mentioning is Barely Breathing by Spring Awakening's own Duncan Sheik. Hey That's who it is. Yeah. That is funny. I knew the song, but I was like, and I, then I looked up who sings it, and I was like, I don't know who this is. Yeah. Even a little bit. It's, uh, it's uh, Finn brooding while watching class. That's not at all upsetting. Um, right. And not creepy at all. Like, intercut with the traditional obligatory Blaine alone in the auditorium singing his face off. Yep. Uh -huh. yep. We got two for one today. And they um, sing this song and it's fine. They're sad. It's fine. Yeah, I was like listening to the lyrics of the verses and being like, we're shoehorning this in a little bit. Like, we're really forcing bit. this. But then the chorus works. I was like, okay, this yeah. chorus works. Okay. Right. Um, my only problem is I watched this about an hour and a half ago, and I've already forgotten what this song sounds like. So. <laughs> I am hardly breathing. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Um, I don't know why that was also sort of an Alanis Morissette half impersonation, <laughs> but fine. Um, and this, like, culminates. This song ultimately culminates with Blaine poking another dude on face. Remember oh, poking? my God. Millennials? Right. The... the the dramatic close-up shot of a phone with the words poke on it on Facebook. Of an like, iPhone a 4S. Relic. A relic. Yeah, truly. And then the fact that the poke immediately leads to this guy being like, great, hey, sexy, want to come over? Truly. Escalation. Yeah. Zero to 60. Yeah, well, I, if I'm remembering poking correctly, I would do that when I wanted to annoy people. Like, oh, <laughs> if yeah. I wanted to annoy people, it wasn't like a let's hook up situation. It was to be annoying. No. And if it was trying to be, I never got it to work that way. So. <laughs> Same. We learn in this next scene, and my note is just, oh no, they have a bar called Callbacks. This oh is a nightmare. God. I wrote, Callbacks bar sounds like a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there an yeah. equivalent of this? Like, is there a real? Yes. Yeah. What is this? I guess they're referencing, like, Marie's Crisis. That's what I put, yeah. yeah. But, like, Marie's Crisis is, like, it's more or less a gay bar in a way. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Like, it is a theatrical, like, hub in a way. But I wouldn't say, and Teresa, please correct me if I'm wrong, I wouldn't say it's a college spot. It's like, not a college spot. It is absolutely <laughs> not a college spot. Like, yeah, I, the thing I was thinking was, except Marie's Crisis has adults. You know, <laughs> it's not It's not a college no. spot at all. Like, so we have this scene where they're, like, they're, uh, they're dressing up to go to this karaoke bar, and they're like, oh, Finn, you should sing... You can sing Don't Stop Believing. LOL, remember that? Fuck you. Um, and cringe. So, the cringe of that was real. Of like, yeah. please stop. Please stop bringing up your your high school achievements in Truly. your terrible sounding college bar. Also, surprise, Blaine's here. That's a flight. That's My a flight. got on a plane yeah. for a casual weekend in New York. And as soon as like Kurt opens the door and is like, what are you doing here? I was like... That kind of act only happens when someone has royally fucked up. Buckle up, babe. babe. Yeah. Yep. Like, the plane, the airline budget for this episode, astronomical. 
There's so many young people just taking spur of the moment flights. Yeah. Alone. Like, I mean, like Rachel showed up to New York on a train, like Mary Tyler Moore. Yes. <laughs> or she took a train to the airport and then took a flight. Sure. Okay. We don't know. Fine. Um, well, she got in at Grand. Oh, in this one or in the last, in the last or in the, the last episode? Oh, okay. she did get out on Grand Central Station. You're right. Yeah, she so. got out at Grand Central. Um, but anyway, so we do cut to the bar. It's like Marie's crisis. Of course, fucking Brody is here. Um, is that the and- hottie? Is that the hot guy yeah. singing yes. with Rachel? Okay, because my question was, who is this hottie singing with Rachel? You know about as much as them as we do at this point. We've met him for three episodes. Great. Yeah, all we know, like, his function here is to be, like, a hot love interest for Rachel and to cause, I guess, what you could call conflict with Finn. Yeah. But what's the song we're going to sing together that Hold she's on. been preparing? Hold on. Oh. You need okay. to, we need to stop and talk about the fact that they're at a bar, which they can get into without being 21. Good for them. Mazel, yeah. Finn is like, okay, yeah, I guess I'll have a Coke. And Rachel orders an Amaretto Sour Virgin. Yes. Rachel orders, that is sour mix on ice, baby. Yeah. And the worst part of it is, because an Amaretto Sour, that's two ingredients. An Amaretto Sour is already a terrible drink to order at a bar if you don't want someone to judge you. Ha! <laughs> Um, yeah. and one without alcohol is literally just a cup of sour mix, which is disgusting. Yeah. And so if Rachel wanted to just drink a cup of sour mix, she could have at least ordered like a whiskey sour virgin and sound a little less like a weenie. But the fact that she already went with the weeniest drink and then removed the alcohol from it makes her a double weenie. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what is she... How? Like she ordered that and was like, "Babe, I don't know how that's gonna work." Right? <laughs> it's, really it's gonna be disgusting. And I think so this is much sugar. Loves, I love an amaretto sour in the privacy of my home. Where no <laughs> one can judge me. Um, she should not be ordering that like that. Yeah, before. yeah. That was definitely like my 2006 drink, you know. And then by 2007, yeah. I was like, I can't order this in public anymore. <laughs> I can't no, do it. Every bartender will make it for you, but you're like, they are all like. Oh, honey. Yeah. Like, oh, so that idea is fake, huh? <laughs> what, That's just what go it down is. To it's just a liquid sour patch, kid. Go down to the Seven Eleven and buy some candy, and yeah. then go home. Yeah, and like, way to admit your idea is fake. Like, yes. yeah, there no. it is. basically. Yeah, and I wish that were a plot line here. Like, it would have been fun to have seen them. Like, oh, by the way, like, yeah, we got these IDs off of some seniors, but no, it's just like they just trot into not Marie's crisis and are just like and, and do all okay. that sober. Yeah. I'm like, where's the pre-gaming? Where's the pre-gaming back in your home so you don't have to spend too much money at the bar because the bars are expensive? That's how you, like, monetarily survive here. Even my friends who were, like, extremely, extremely wealthy in college, we would pre-game at their apartment because they were like, no, these drinks are absurd. Like, it just, that's how it works in college. (laughs) Yeah. We did that at our small state school. Like, Yeah, and our drinks weren't even that absurdly priced. It's just economical. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just what you do. Um, and so, nah, don't sing, don't sing this Demi Lovato song with me, Rachel. Sing it with Brody. And this is like so the they do. theater qui- kid equivalent of like a duel, right? Where yes. you're like daring, you're daring this guy to sing a duet with your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's it like it's like the opposite of a sing-off. Um, they so Brody and Rachel sing the song while again Finn is just sort of creeping around the bar, going back to the table, staring them down, looking sad. Yeah, a lot of camera work on this ep- in this episode. Yeah, um, 
I guess it's kind of foreshadowing for Blaine and Finn, but also, like, I just didn't care for the song. I don't care for the song in real life, and this song did not add anything to it for me. Correct. Fair enough. Great. That's two songs down. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, my next note is Sweeney Todd Mega Medley? I wish. That would have really livened up this episode. Darren Chris doing a Sweeney Todd Mega Medley would work. Yeah, true. Although it was meant to be Chris Colfer's Sweeney Todd Mega Medley. Sorry, you're right. Yeah. Which would also work. Yeah, he could play all the parts. All We've seen him do it before. Would love to see that. Um, so funny. Yeah, I'm like so eager to get to this big note I have that says, crying while singing skin-tight jeans. Wow. No. Overwrought. Okay. Oh, God. Um, my note here is Karina take the floor because. <laughs> okay. First of all, <laughs> really quickly. Um, really, really quickly. This, I don't even think we're laughing at the same thing, but I'm going to tell you that Blaine is like, I want to sing something. And Abs is like, sure, just go ask Pascal. And Kurt goes, Pascal. Yes. Like, and. Zach was like, do you think that's a Rent reference? Like, he's just so excited to hear the word Pascal. <laughs> but why he's so excited, I don't know. It's Or, like, it's such an exotic name to Mr. Ohio. Yeah. Imagine you're 21 and out at your college bar just looking to have a good time. At your karaoke bar, everyone's having a blast. It's Friday night. And suddenly you look up and there's just a man sobbing on the piano while, while he sings the most overwrought cover of Teenage Dream by Katy Perry. And you're just trying to get your groove on. And then this man is a 17 like, year old comes up and it's just, yeah, how can you cry like that when you're saying the word skin tight? You're absolutely right, Teresa. I was, I, I had to look away. I had to look away. Yes, as it's soon as he was like, in your skin tight. Gene was like, uh-uh. I can't. Yo. I can't. I need to, like, go walk into the kitchen and get some water. I can't watch. I can't watch this. They that is the correct answer. And it worked. If that was the goal. <laughs> Again, knowing when they get their goal, when they hit their goal, they hit their goal. And this was definitely their goal. <laughs> um, hopefully. Hopefully. I hope Darren so. Darren Chris does not know how to sing without that much emotion. Um, mm. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's so much. Yeah, it's a lot. It really, really is just like, like the lack of situational awareness, the lack yeah. of irony, like the lack, the lack the of earnestness. Irony. Yeah, like, the I'm putting my soul into this, and I was digging it until it got real sad. Right, you start off, you're like, this is nice, just a nice yeah. little. Piano, a little bit of a downer for a Friday night in a club, but okay. But it's like, and yeah, we like, like we get one vibey song, and then it just turns into, oh no, oh no. Mm-hmm. I was like, am I watching like a breakdown happen? Yes, yes you are. With a, yeah. the soundtrack is "Teenage Dream" by Miss Katy Perry. That's what we're yep. doing, and there's no there's no irony here. No irony. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go walk away. <laughs> cool. Yep. See you in a minute. Like, imagine, imagine if this happened. A 17-year-old walks into Marie's crisis after every gay in the West Village has just finished singing Part of Your World, and all of a sudden you get a really sad teenage dream. I think everyone would leave. Yeah, yeah. Someone would go up to Pascal um, and be like, <laughs> why did you allow this to happen? Truly. You are the keeper of the piano, and you relinquished it to this sad, sad teen. They're losing their liquor license tonight. 
truly. Like, yeah. if you're going to be that overwrought, like, have the decency to sing, like, My Man from Funny yes. Girl. The Please. Man That Got Away, Judy style. Camp. Like, just Make do it. Like, you know, just do the thing uh, with a song that doesn't require me to leave the room, you know? Yeah. The close-ups on the tear track, it was, it was too much. It was um, a lot. And so thankfully, we immediately leave the bar after that, presumably because they got kicked out yeah. from being like, you brought the vibe down too, you harshed the vibe too much. We're calling it here. That is now canon. We're making that canon. Um, Finn is, doesn't fit oh, in here. Oh. Yeah. So my first question is, and this is my favorite new game to play, where are they? I was I was thinking it was like along a, 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 a perimeter of Washington Square in a way. Like, I, yeah, I think that's what it was meant to look like, because uh, I know Marie's Crisis is in the West Village and like walking through the park to get to your train. That was the vibe I was getting, like that they were trying for. Okay. Also, a lot of their recreational scenes do take place in Washington Square up to this yes. point, which makes us think that like Niata is maybe like maybe they're partying with the NYU kids mm. on the weekends sometimes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. And there's like a shot of the big fountain yeah. at some point right. that I couldn't place, but I was like, surely that's a place. Yeah, um, it, the fountain, I was like, is that supposed to be the Washington Square fountain? It doesn't look like it quite, right. um, but is that what they're hoping we will get from this? Yeah, Probably. My issue here is, and it's not really an issue, because again, they are teenagers, but Blaine is just like, yeah, I cheated on you, and it's your fault. Yes! Yo! Yes! Thank you. Like This is Blaine's immediately, father. It's like, it's I like Blaine, what's this. good? I cheated on you because you don't make time for me. And Kurt's like, no, 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 no. It's like, I just have a job. Yeah. And we live far apart. And you told me to leave, which he doesn't bring up, but I felt that. Like, yeah. Kurt was around for the whole summer. And, uh, but no. You and made him leave to go to New York, and then you cheated on him because he wouldn't answer the phone all the time. Yeah, I no, I literally wrote down blaming the person you cheated on for your cheating question mark exclamation mark what, what? Yeah. Unacceptable. And Karina, correct me if I'm wrong, but we spent a good chunk of season three with Blaine being like, "Yeah, no, it'll be cool. You'll go off to New York, and we'll visit each other sometimes." But it's like, fine, yeah. dude. I mean, I can understand that, like the idea of it while you're still like in high school together versus the reality of it like could really come sure. crashing down it's a lot harder to actually be long distance than to theorize what it would be like to be long distance but like also blaine had to deal with kurt like emotionally cheating on him last season and how much like that fucked him up so mm -hmm. it's just it's real bad real bad for blaine here there is yeah there is no angle in which he looked good and then immediately after that no no time to breathe because it's right to are you sure you and Brody are just friends? Yeah, imagine these conversations are happening like while they're all walking back to the same train. Like they all have to go to the same place. That feels yeah. very college too. That does feel yeah. correct. That feels correct to me. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. It's like they're fighting over there, we're fighting over here, and then we're all gonna sit in a train car together and be And we all still moody. have to sleep in these same beds. <laughs> The same two beds. Um, yeah, so and Finn is like, how dare you? And Rachel's like, you didn't talk to me for four months. Oh, really? my God. I wanted to punch him the this, whole This has time. a lot of men being in the wrong in it, huh? 
<laughs> Lots of incorrect men. <laughs> yeah. And then they have to bring no doubt into this, which, God. They sure did, huh? And it's like, so they they sing, the four of them sing Don't Speak, classic No Doubt. Yep. A real banger of a song in real life. In and, real life. <laughs> and it's like, this is where, like, um, my theater creator performer brain and my glee, like, critic brain kind of, like, rammed each other head on because there was, like, it felt like it was out of nowhere. And, mm -hmm. like, I hated it, but parts of it kind of worked. But, like, I think they would have done a better job with it if, like, in any season one, season two, like, situation because they were just so much better at, like, matching their songs like with their vibes with the vibes and like even if they were shoehorned into moments like they just did a better job of it and like i don't know like why something about this work but something about this absolutely did not and maybe it's just because i like no doubt and i did not want them to bring them into yeah, this yeah cause yeah because the thing is like as a song choice i thought the choice to put that song with those lyrics there made a lot of sense but yeah. there's something about the arrangement the musical arrangements that are typical of this show and the vocal quality of the four singers that does it for me did not make the song work because that song, whenever I hear it and I hear Gwen Stefani singing it, it like makes my chest ache. It's so yeah. like raw and emotional and just the way that Glee produces its music and the singers, they're a little too polished for me to be singing mm -hmm. that song and to give it the oomph that it really It didn't needs. have that like rawness yeah, exactly. that it needed. So that's what it was missing for me. Because when it started, I was like, all right, this choice makes as much sense here as the choices on this show tend to. <laughs> like, great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, there was a missed opportunity here, I think, for, like, just real lush harmonies. Like, mm. you have four really strong singers. And, like, they have harmonies and stuff. But I think you really, like, sometimes Glee does make really solid arrangements. This could have been one of those times where they just really show off all four of these vocal talents. What they talents. can do here, yeah. But yeah, this is this is only the halfway point of the episode. They did so much in this episode, and like we're still not done with New York. But by the time we get back to Lima, I was like, oh right, there's there's more people on this show. Yeah, yeah. This was one of those episodes that felt like it took forever. Chock a block full. Um, I do like the like the morning after where like everyone's in a terrible relationship way and Kurt has apparently like been up all night and catches Finn sneaking out and I do like that they have a little brother moment we need more of that yeah, yeah. and then I was like Finn are you seriously sneaking out oh my god like being silent for four months showing up and then sneaking out are you kidding you Whoa. get in one little fight and your ass gets scared. I got in one yeah. little fight and my mom got scared. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was like, So dude. he's got to move back home to Lima. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, dude, you're making it really hard for me to like you right now. Yeah. He, he is very not likable in this episode. Him and Blaine, which sucks because I like them normally well enough. Yeah, they're usually pretty unproblematic. We cut to... Um, oh, well, and also Finn's like, sometimes I miss high school, and I'm like, that must be nice. Um, but we cut to <laughs> Kitty inviting Marley to the Left Behind Club, which apparently is held at Breadsticks. Yes. You, everyone has your uh, Rapture Club at a knockoff Olive Garden. They booked the Breadsticks for this because Private they do party, like a... yes. 
And they book like, and they have like a fake Rapture fire drill thing, except it's like a trap for uh, Tina's assistant. Which is Dottie. real. That's a real yeah. thing. Okay, so my friend Jessie in high school, her parents were in one of those like really intense Jesus cults, the Rapture like, is coming. Kind of and they too. would literally do this to their kids. They would literally <sighs> disappear, leave their clothing where it was, so their kids would wake up in the morning and see that their parents were gone and would freak out and think the rapture had come and they had been left oh behind. Oh my god. And so, and the whole lesson there was like, did you think you had been left behind or did you think it was just not your turn yet, but you know, Jesus was coming for you because that's a guilty conscience. That's a real thing that people do. That's a real god. thing. My friend Jesse told me about it along with telling me that like her parents tried thought that they were right, so Jesus had given them the power to resurrect the dead, and they were trying to resurrect some roadkill. Um, that's also a thing that happened. Um, but yeah, yeah. You know, sometimes religion's fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's a good way of putting Ever it. Ever so often. Yeah. But sometimes I was just yeah. real fucked up. Um, points that Kitty makes that I did agree with, she's like, Twitter is the sign of the apocalypse. <laughs> and you know what? She might be right. Yo, another, we'll say it out loud, another Glee curse that they were yeah. right about. Yeah. Yeah. They, and um, also, a nice fun mention of Kirk Cameron, which is very topical right now. Yes. Um, Kirk Cameron is getting mad because he keeps cold calling libraries and being like, let me read my Jesus book. And they're like, no, we don't really want to do that. No, thank you. And he's <laughs> Has like, he called? no. Has he called your library? Western Massachusetts. No, we're not important enough. But then he's like, the libraries are, are too woke. And we're like, sir, you can't just do this. That's not how it works. Oh You're welcome to pay to use the space or whatever, but we're not going it's to pay you for it. <laughs> it's literally that, man, this is Ohio energy. Um, yeah, when it started and that new blonde cheerleader appeared, I wrote down new Quinn, question mark? Yes. She's really, though, like, I figured it out this episode. She's like amalgamation of, like, Santana Quinn and Sue, really. Yes. Because yeah. she's having, she's a real mini Sue. Before uh -huh. Sue yes. got a conscience. So like, did Diana Agron, she left the show when they graduated? It, she did very well, much. She seems to have been the one who left the show the most, it seems. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, here's the new blonde mean cheerleader. Here, right. Here's yes. new Quinn. And it's, like, and it's like, Ryan Murphy just needed a mean girl because, like, Quinn evolved way too much. Yeah. And Ryan yeah. Murphy made the mistake of casting his best actor in the series as Quinn. Mm. Um, so it's obvious that they hated each other, and Diana Agron was like, I'm good to go when you are. Um, Santana, also just a lot of growth, a lot of, like, queer coming to terms, like, some really great yeah. things. Suddenly part of, like, the most popular, one of the most popular ships in the show, so. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And even Sue, like, you can't, like, you just... Keeps has trying evolved. to become friends with Will, like so. You need someone who's just a cartoonishly evil person. Welcome, yeah. Kitty. Yeah, and Welcome her has no personality other than evil. Yeah, and her monologuing, like the really rapid fire monologue. Yeah. I was like, this feels like Glee to me. This feels yes. right. This feels like OG Truly. Glee. And I also had the thought. I was like, oh, of course, Brit ends up in a cult. Like, of course she yeah. does. Like, of course she does. Right. Oh my God, Britney's like whole thing of like pointing to like Dottie who is the one who gets is the recipient of the left behind Frank and being like that's how it felt and I was like dramatic but harsh but I, the, other, the other thing is Sam is part of this left behind cult and he doesn't say a word about it the whole time and like right. we've seen him to be a pretty good guy but he just like silently leaves this 
the breadsticks when the fake rapture happens. So does Joe, who that's like, I mean, I guess if he's way into God, he's like, this is a right. real, a real thing. Joe, we I do. buy. Joe, I yeah. buy. If we like, not that we have to justify anything, but like, I could, if we had to, I could see Sam just kind of like being like dopey, like golden retriever Sam, and just kind of like mm. following the crowd because he's yeah, like, that's mom. True. Santana um, clocking what's happening when Brittany's like, we should go help that woman. And she's like, no, I know what's happening here. Right. I know a mean prank when I see one. <laughs> and, like, we also have a little moment here where um, Marley's like, hey, Jake, what the fuck? These people suck. Although, um, also, we have a moment where Marley's like, so you're here because of Kitty, right? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, aren't you half why? Jewish? <laughs> and... And he goes, she goes, does that mean you'll float up to heaven half as fast? That was cute. That was cute. <laughs> I did like that. That, like, I'll give them one Jewish point. Yep. Um, <laughs> make a new wiki ca uh, category. Um, so, real quick, we have a Will Schuster jump scare. Um, Will Schuster finally gets to see his best friend again. His yes, best his friend, best friend, student. his best man, his black male target. All of the above. And, like, immediately, there's, like, no scene here. It's just Finn to be there to cry into Shu's arms. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but we cut to the Glee Club, and Karina, this is where I texted you that <laughs> I think I had a stroke. I loved this, this scene. scene. It made me laugh so much. I laughed, too, but this scene was... What? This scene... This was a scene. Yeah. This was a scene. Yeah. It had a part that I quite enjoyed, which is everyone's like, Finn, so good to see you. And then we cut over to Marley and Jake, and they're like, do you know who that is? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I did appreciate who's that. Who's that guy? Everyone's like, he's back, he's returned. And they're like, I don't, all right. right. That's just and another like, white guy to them. And this is cutting, the, cutting Finn and Blaine off for him being like, what's good, Blaine? Yeah. Like, why, why, why you do that, Blaine? And then immediately it's like Artie just wheeling in, being like, "Oh, the king is back." <laughs> but again, not can't spend too much time on that because finally we have a lot of Glee Club business to attend to. First, let's choose the musical. Not a Glee Club thing, but okay, I guess it is. Ian, we start with Peter Pan and Fiorello. What? Yep. Which? Okay, because we don't want to start another Rocky Horror riot. Okay. Unique wants to do Hedwig. Hedwig, yeah. Fine. Pretty low-hanging. Yeah. Tina wants to do Pacific Overtures, Miss Saigon, or Flower Drum Song. White people well, wrote that. White people wrote white that people line. White people wrote that. Yeah. White people wrote that line. Lazy. I was upset. Yeah. And then we get Finn saying, let's do Grease. It's what I used to audition for the Glee Club with. It was not. Well, no, it... We, I guess it kind of was. When? They so he say, didn't audition. the one that you want, that I want, yeah, right? Yeah, when Rachel? he came in, after he was been blackmailed by Mr. Shu hearing him sing his whatever song in the shower, the first thing he sings in Glee Club is with Rachel, and it's You're the One That I Want. But that wasn't an audition. I guess it's the closest thing he had to Fine. an audition. I guess if he had been really bad, Will would have been like, get out of Never here. Never mind. Yeah. But like, man... That all happened in, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> like, I had to stop and rewind that part. Finn just being part. like, time for, time for Grease. And I'm like, okay, it's time for Grease. <laughs> it's time for Grease. Like, 
every like he you, is my right, mom though. likes it. He is right. He is like, right. Everyone like, likes Grease. It's like when my high school did Merrily, we rolled along one year, and everyone was like, "Wow, what a choice!" And so the next year they did a year with Frog and Toad because <laughs> they were like, "We understand you couldn't take your kids to see this one last year, so here's one for everyone." When you come off of doing a controversial show like Rocky Horror, then the next year you're like, "How about Grease?" Well, everyone loves Grease. West Side Story was in between that, though. Yeah, I guess it was. Also kind of a controversial show, depending. I remember right. I remember them doing West Side Story, and I remember being like, but there's not a single, like, why are Rachel and Mercedes up for a Puerto Rican character? Like, what's happening here? Uh, that's, I think that was also part of my, like, okay, this show's getting ridiculous. Why am I watching this? Uh, that was part of my descent out of the show. I will say that does feel very accurate for a high school production of West Side Story. Yeah, exactly. It was like I was watching it and I was like, oh my God, I deal with enough of this in like real theater of like nonsense casting choices. I'm not watching this on TV. What are we doing here, friends? <laughs> Which to bring everything like full circle again, you can see Amber Riley on Z-Way's show being addressed about a certain cast member that learned Spanish. Yep. She, so, uh, she's very professional. She does her best. Yes. But, yeah. Um, laughing in professionalism, as the uh, yep. closed captioning put it. Yep. Um, so go ahead and look that up. But Grease is the word. Ugh. So we cut to Emma is here to further Will's story. because Surprise! He got... A surprise unnecessarily Emma and Will plot. We didn't need yes. this little. They have a whole 30 seconds of plot in this, and we didn't need to do it right now. But I will say I was happy about this because it was Emma being like, well, like, so Will's like, hey, I made it to the panel. We're going to Washington. And she's like, what do you mean we? Yeah. I want to stay here and do the job that I like doing. Mm -hmm. Right. I have a life that's not just following you around. Yep. Right. Yeah. Will's all like, I thought you'd be supportive on this. And Will's and Emma's like, I don't want to like sit around a hotel room. Yeah. Like, I'm not your obedient puppy. And I was like, that's fucking right, Emma. Yeah. You tell him. I literally wrote down, Will remains the worst. Good job, yeah. Emma. That's what I wrote down. I was like, I was... bruh, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, he really blows up their whole relationship, like, in a whole minute and a half scene. Yeah. 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 And, like, the, the like, manipulation of, I thought you'd be supportive of me, and her being like, well, actually, I thought you'd be supportive of me. <laughs> like, hello. Tell it. <laughs> Just Tell it, complete, girl. like, Will Schuster can only see things as they affect him and everyone else's inconsequentialness of it all. Woof. Then we cut to Sad Kurt explaining vaguely to the guy from Vote the last episode. the most supportive workplace in the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's, it seems like a great place to work. He's like, oh, mm -hmm. do you want to not work and instead go binge shopping because you're sad? Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry about your high school breakup. We support you here at Vogue.com. Not what, not what the Devil Wears Prada told me, but okay. That um, is exactly, it's, it really feels like Lee saw the Devil Wears Prada and was like, no, that can't be how it is. <laughs> can't be. Um, this has to be a nice friendly place. people. Yeah. Um, and so then he like, like, Sadding, sadding Lily throws Blaine's apology note into the trash. The trash. Mm -hmm. Which had a picture of a man in a doghouse, which is. Okay. No, it's bad. <laughs> That's a bad joke. I didn't like it. And there's still 15 minutes left. Oh. <sighs> so much happening. Teresa, thank you for your, <laughs> your patience. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> 
is a long one, huh? And it's not, it's just dense. It's just a dense episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. It really is jam-packed. And we then we cut to Santana and Brittany in the Glee Club room. This is kind of where things, like, start to not go downhill, but this is where the vibes are just, like, declining Oof. steadily. Yeah. And the, the comedic high point of this episode was a rapture joke, and then it just, the vibes go down significantly. Just, like, bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a uh, Santana singing Mine by Taylor Swift, which I know yeah. from our guest in on Gleek of the Week, so shout out to our friends over at Gleek of the Week. Yeah. Um, I thought this was in the series finale. I was thought this was <laughs> a long time away. Um, no. We get her basically like saying hey i'm sorry that like i haven't been the best girlfriend i left you um the ghost band comes in fully prepared don't know where the drums were because there was a drummer didn't really hear a lot of drums and they had a concertina which is one of those tiny little accordion things that one of my housemates in college played zach was like is someone playing the accordion in this and i was like "Uh uh-huh yep um so shout out to the concertine I will say that Santana's description of like the lesbian stare and energy exchange. Oh my god! As uh, your resident bisexual who uh, dates women, that is correct. That is one hundred percent correct. There is someone who, a woman who dates women on that writing staff, and that was one thousand percent correct. Yes, I can confirm. Is there one woman? Mm-hmm, just yes. the one lady. Yep. Yeah, that um, was really good, and I really also quite like Santana. Basically, like this felt. This felt very real to me, the coming back, like, midway through your first semester and being like, hey, we thought this was going to work, but we are clearly in different spaces right now, and I'd still love you, and this, is, this isn't a breakup, but this is just giving each other what we need right now. Yeah. Like, I, I liked that. And then she sings Taylor Swift's Mind, so. Mm-hmm. You want to know and a fun this... fact? Yes. Uh, ta- allegedly, allegedly. Taylor Swift wrote mine about Corey Monteith. Weird. Really? Yeah. Did they date? Alleged. Like, maybe briefly for, like, a month. Yeah. Interesting. Oh. I didn't know that. There is theories. It's not like it's not like Taylor Swift was like, I wrote this song about Corey Monteith. No. Uh, but there is theories that people are like, she wrote this song about Corey Monteith. Interesting. Free so, hmm. okay. him dating Leah Michelle. so. Listeners, write in. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like all of this, like it felt like this also felt in character for Santana. Like this felt yeah. like actual character, like journey and growth. And like I bought all of it. Yeah. Um, also, like from here to the end, the acting, like they're eating. Like the uh-huh. acting yes. is excellent. Yeah. Top it's, like, tier. It's yeah. teenage drama. It is not like too self serious, and it's not too like campy. It's like the perfect sweet spot Mm -hmm. so i appreciate that also Um, there's so many crying songs in this episode a lot the amount of tears everywhere yeah and like the staging with like how britney and santana have a single chair in between them like showing that there's distance between Mm -hmm. them beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i liked this bit and i was like see this is how you don't get on a plane without saying goodbye you don't cheat on somebody and then pretend it's their fault you sit down and you talk about it and like santana's young too and she's managing she's managing she said i would never cheat on you but hey i didn't feel like i i realized that there's other people out there and i i felt things and you might also feel things and this is just where we need to be in our relationship yeah great yeah yeah 
And it she sucks, didn't poke anyone on are. Facebook. She's free to now. Yeah. Um, and so we cut to the hallway uh, where Jake's like, sorry about the Left Behind Club. And Marley's like, I don't know what you see in her. And then, like, Glee suddenly pulling, like, suddenly diving into racial nuance. Mm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Surprise. How, yeah, how Jake is not black enough for the black kids or white enough for the white kids, but, like, Kitty is fun and crazy and funny and doesn't, and when I'm with her, no one makes fun of me. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then she just shows up to be awful. Mm. Yeah. She is cartoonishly evil, really, here. It's a lot. Like, it's a lot. why are you bringing Marley's mom into this again? Again, yeah. This is where I was like, oh, she's a mini Sue. Because yes. the things that she is saying is just fully, like, wild yeah. Sue energy. Yeah. 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 Is, and, is Jane Lynch still on the show at this point? Yes, but we haven't seen her a lot this so far this season. I imagine because it's hard to balance the New York plots the kid, new kids' oh, plots yeah. and the teacher plots, so yeah. they've kind of given up on Sue a little bit so far. And with where Sue's character has gone, I imagine she has a lot of pull to be like, "You can have me for ten episodes." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jacob breaks up with Katie on the spot. Um, right. We get we get a very topical 2012. Um, and I'll tell you this: Obama's gonna <laughs> lose. Um, he didn't. He did not. <laughs> but no. then, what I do appreciate is that. Kitty does one of those, like, Sue drive-bys where, like, storming away, she just pushes someone out of the way. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that she's like, I'm going to go crazy now, and she does. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Yeah. I was waiting for, like, a slushie to materialize in I her know. hand so she could just, like, toss it. Right. And then, um, enough about that. Want to go through sheet music for Grease? I cackled. I cackled at that. That's Theater Kid Mating Hall, of course. Um, but he doesn't respond to it. He's like, mm, no, I had to go, actually. Bye. Right. Yeah. And there's still He's... eight minutes left. I know. Um, we open the next scene, I believe, with the funniest line I've ever heard, which is Rachel Berry calling a high school auditorium Jerusalem. Yes! Oh... <laughs> <laughs> Walking out to an empty stage and saying, this is like our Jerusalem, ma'am. Is ma'am. It? This is an auditorium in Ohio. This is the April Rhodes. Ma'am, this is this Ohio. Is, this is the April Rhodes Memorial this Auditorium. The April Rhodes Memorial. This is Kristen Chenoweth's auditorium, folks. Yeah. I was like, ma'am, and, really? Really? Oh, my God. That broke me. Like, that was a deep one. It's, and it's also the nuance of, let's not forget that Rachel is Jewish. Mm, yes, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. she knows what Jerusalem is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> she said. They said next year in Jerusalem, and she <laughs> she took, took it to heart. This. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so again, okay, great acting here, but like yeah. Finn's like, you know, it's just weird. I just felt like singing up here, and enter like Leah Michelle actually being like an incredible actress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, she brought it. Yeah, I did laugh it. at, I am a grown woman, Finn. Yeah. Okay. I know, right? um, you're 18. But you know, when you're 18, you do believe you're a grown woman. So I'll give it to yeah. her. Fair enough. Sure. Yeah. So like they have this dramatic scene. We learned here, I guess Brody was on Broadway. Um, I guess. Or I maybe guess. Finn just assumed that. Like. Sure. Because of his abs, um, you know. Mm. Yeah. Fair. Um, we get like 
you had four months to think, Finn. Like, you didn't answer any texts or yeah. calls, and that's why I had to go on a plane and get back to Ohio. And Finn being like, my life has no direction. Like, but Rachel's like, I'm always going to be that 15-year-old doe-eyed girl when I'm around you. You made me feel seen and sexy in love. Um, yeah. This scene was and really great, yeah. It was. Because it's it was, like, yeah. Finn being like, I was giving you freedom, and she, her being like, well, I didn't ask you to do that. Like, yeah. right. Just being like, I'm a grown-ass woman, I'm in charge of my freedom, not you. Yes! And I was yes. like, this is a very well-constructed scene. Like, this is a very well-done scene. Yeah. So, Ryan Murphy wrote this episode, and... Oh. Which, um... And he, like, he did it. He did he, it. He knows how to write a big breakup, I guess. Which good for him because he did a good job on the Santana one. When you kind of think about it, he covered a lot of bases. You have Will and Emma not breaking up, but being in a really tense new spot in their relationship. You yeah. have Kurt and Blaine, who also who are now in that weird ambiguous like one of us fucked up, but we didn't talk about it way. You've got your Brittany and Santana who like talked it out, made the right the hard but right decision, and then you have like the our shit blew up kind of breakup. Like, Ryan Murphy covered his breakup bases in this episode, and I will give him that. Check, check, and check. He really did. And, like, the satisfaction of, like, someone needed to call Finn a child. Someone yeah. needed yes. to do it because he was at, like, if no one did it, you just leave the episode wanting to punch both Ryan Murphy and Finn, right? Yeah. And he, like, got it done in a very clear way. And I was like, yes, that is good build up oh and very God. satisfying yeah the, the the whole the whole speech ending with like that it like with rachel being like i thought this is what a man does this is how a man loves me but the way mm -hmm. you did it that is not what a man would that's do that's what you're a like, boy does. yeah that's what a boy does and you're yep. like damn you're acting yeah. like a child get his ass rachel yeah and like and then on top of that like when they break up and finn is like i have nothing now like i don't have a job my girl i'm not in the army and Rachel's still like, you have you, and that's the best thing in the world. Yeah. I know. Like, and thank God that they were on this stage that was perfectly set up in lighting so I that know. everybody can sing uh, The Scientist by Coldplay. The lighting is always excellent. I always want to be like, who's this lighting designer? Because they're nailing yeah. it. The lighting's always excellent. Um, we think it, maybe it's like a ghost lighting designer, like they have a ghost band that just appears when it's time to sing. Yeah, there's just always a ghost in the booth. Just like yes. ready with the lights. Uh huh. Yeah. Fair this enough. theater is haunted and fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Just the way that April Road slash Kristen Chenoweth intended it to be. Mm -hmm. Wait, where's Mercedes? Did she leave the show too? Yes, she graduated. And we have not really seen her yet. Not yet. No. Not in the season. Okay. No, we've not seen her. I know she comes back. Like, yeah. And... This performance made me realize how much I had missed Santana's voice. Mm. Um, yes, that's it. In a group setting. Um, she really shines. She did. And um, and Kurt appears. Emma yeah. and Will appear. I appreciated that we got a little bit of Emma singing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we get enough of that. We don't. And this was another, like, good theatrical piece. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, it had some really sweet flashbacks. Um, it was um, cool. I will say, though, it's like... I don't know, it seems pretty homophobic that you had a flashback to Will and Emma's first kiss and Rachel and Finn's first kiss, but for for Blaine and Kurt and Santana and Brittany, you just get a flashback to them being, like, near each other. Right, like running down the hallway. All of those characters have kissed, and you can't give them all flashbacks of them 
just like being like, no, we we won't show the gay kisses again. <laughs> None Which of the gay. Threw enough. <laughs> yes. None of that. Enough of that. Yeah. Apparently. It was. I, I thought it was cool that it ended with like Finn being alone. Yep. So I was like diegetic because at first you're like Santana is in town. Right. Blaine's in town, maybe they are all singing, but then I was like, oh, Kurt didn't fly back home. So it's probably in his imagination. And my final note is, uh, imagine if this was all with Justin Timberlake. <laughs> you didn't have to bring that into this. Look, I but... know I didn't, but for some reason, as this slow song was happening, uh, this that's what came to mind. This is the one you mind. want to imagine JT singing. Well, I don't know if it, I, I just for some reason remembered like that Ryan Murphy recently divulged that Will Schuster was written with JT in mind. Oh, right. Yeah, oh, so right. that could have been him. Yeah, and um, and that's the episode, y'all. And that's the episode. Yeah, it was a big one. They packed yeah. in a lot of plot. A lot a happened. Lot. And I forgot that. I had forgotten that Glee tends to go at, like, a Gilmore Girls pace of, like, yeah. it's happening. It's happening. Hop on the train and pay attention because you will miss something, and it'll be an entire plot hole if you zone out for 10 seconds, you know? Yeah. Well, but you know, this episode didn't have a ton of songs in it, though. Ooh. Right. It was not as jam-packed full of music as evidenced by the fact that we didn't get the first one until like 15 minutes in. Oh, but what a fantastic segue, though. <laughs> I knew you would. <laughs> uh, let's talk about these songs. Um, so, you need to spend your hard-earned money and download one of these songs off iTunes and put it onto your personal music player, be that iPhone or iPod. We don't know yet. It could, it's the transitional era uh-huh, uh-huh. for most people. So you're going to spend the 99 cents on iTunes and you're going to buy one of the following songs. It is uh, Barely Breathing, Give Your Heart a Break, specifically the acoustic version of Teenage Dream, uh, Don't Speak, Mine, or The Scientist. Uh, what's the one that Santana sang? Mine? Uh, mine, by Taylor Swift. That's the one I, yeah. I will pay to hear Naya Rivera sing to me anytime. Ian? Does this recording of Teenage Dream have him breaking down? No, I was actually going to say, I will say in this single release, it's just an acoustic version of Teenage Dream. He doesn't cry as much in it. I will do that one. Okay. I, I... <laughs> as a, as a song as a broken down kind of acoustic-y song totally for it and if it doesn't have to get weird Strip, while i'm listening to it on the context, subway it's pretty good yes yeah but so. if you're listening to it on the subway you you close your eyes and suddenly tear streaked darren chris is in your mind's eye and you have to live with that <laughs> what's your choice karina I think I will also go with mine because again you love anaya rivera and i always i want to support the like I think I said that's the last time they did Taylor Swift. They only do like three Taylor Swift songs total, and I want, uh, I want it to be known that I like them. Have we? What was? Have we had another Taylor Swift song yeah. up to this point? Yeah, they did. Uh, Beast and Puck sang Taylor Swift's "Mean." Oh right, and you chose that one too for the same exact reason. Yes, right. Runner um, Up would be Acoustic Teenage Dream because yet yeah, void of its terrible context, it's just a nice, it's a nice acoustic cover of Teenage Dream. Not as good as the original Teenage Dream, though. Right. So. Um, my my backup is actually uh, Don't Speak, because there's a little break where, like, they're juxtaposed. Uh, mm-hmm. Rachel and Finn in one bed and uh, Clayne in the other bed, and it looks yeah. like uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was, you're right. Grandpa it was worth Joe, it for that alone. Grandma Joe the Willy Wonka uh-huh. aesthetic of yeah. it. Finn is Grandpa Joe, we know that. Um, Obviously. All right, so this leads us into 
the second part of our non-scientific survey. Um, so, Teresa, you've explained your relationship with Glee up to this point, so I understand if your answers are uh, more hypotheses than anything. But, part one, is there a artist, uh, song, album, any sort of musical entity, it could be a musical, uh, that you think Glee would have done a great job with that you would have liked to have heard? Or that you would mm, like to hear? Let's see. So, I, so, a, like, a piece from Glee that I actually still listen to currently is when uh, Santana and Mercedes sang River Deep, Mountain High. And so, I would love more duets like, I think any time those two sang together was glorious. So I would love for them to do, like, more duets, more big, screlty sings. Um, specifically, I think they could do, like, really well, like, if Glee did chess. Like, all those duets mm. in chess or, like, the female duets in Jekyll and Hyde. Like, they Ooh. could have done a really great job on those. Nice. Love that. And now, part two. Is there a song, artist, album, musical entity, whatever, that you are happy Glee could not touch or did not touch? Beyonce's Lemonade. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beyonce's Lemonade. Yeah. I was just thinking that with Renaissance this morning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So glad. And also, I'm so glad Olivia Rodrigo occurred after yeah. Glee because you know they would have been all over that. And oh. I, I fucking love that Berry album. Rachel Berry singing Driver's License. Oh, yeah. Rachel Berry singing Good for You. Oh God! I want to see Although, Tina sing "Good for You." If I'd be fine with that, I'd be cool with Naya Rivera singing "Good for You." I yes, would be okay also, with that. also, yes. it's acceptable. But I'm just glad, like, not on the show. I'm glad Glee couldn't get its paws right. on it. It's like, yeah, like we take all of these like guest uh, panels that we have, and it's like you could remove them from the context, and Naya Rivera would sing any of them, and we'd all be happy. <laughs> yes, yes hundred percent true. Like, like a one, like a one person naya rivera doing evan hansen i'd be fine with that fair enough <laughs> it's fine that might that might still be a bridge too far for me but okay. <laughs> <laughs> understandable you're right um Teresa, thank you so much for being a guest on our show um so happy that we could get you on the show is there any yeah. place um that you would like to uh the people the glee listeners to find you anything you'd like to plug um sure yeah thank you for having me so you can follow me on instagram at teresa.burns.nyc uh what is my tiktok handle tiktok is currently very fun and me, that's where i am more often than not uh you can find me at ibrodsky on twitter and instagram ibrods on tiktok ian j brodsky on uh, uh what about you karina you can find me at the same handle on both twitter and tiktok and that is epic adventure of uh, the show is at Glee Aggressive uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We've been threatening to make a TikTok, so I don't know. Um, and um, gleeaggressive at gmail.com with your long-form thoughts. What should they write in about this week, Karina? Uh, write in and tell me some more inappropriate songs to sob while singing. Yes, I love that. Skin-tight jeans is up there. What are some other bad <laughs> things to sing while you're sobbing? <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this episode. Uh, This was Season 4, Episode 4. You can join us next week when we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 5, entitled The Role You Were Born to Play. Ian, what's the role you were born to play? Mike in a chorus line. Okay. That's a good real answer. Thank you. Or a newsie. Or a newsie, yeah. We'll discuss more roles Ian was born to play next week. (laughs) Yeah, this will be, yeah, I'm sure we will. 
Get ready for five minutes of just talking about different ways Yo, we could cast Ian Brodsky. You're you're calling it now, and then I'm going to be editing that episode in like three weeks, and I'm going to be like, oh shit, yeah. Here's five minutes of us talking about Ian Brodsky. Anyway, um. And Teresa's yeah, got so. like 97 roles that she was born to play. Yes. All right. Well, watch that. Think about the role you were born to play, and join us next week. Uh, which does mean, Ian, I have to ask, does this episode make you want to watch that next episode of Glee? No. Aww. I'm sorry. Is it because your sad claim broke up? No. Yeah, I can tell you're devastated. Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Aggressive! Glee! Glee! Aggressive!